You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. Hello, One of Us listeners. My name is Nick. You may recognize my voice from One of Us shows such as The Screener Squad, The Final Watch series, and occasionally The Breakfast Pub. Recently, I ventured into the world of audiobooks and created my own production company, Mercs with Mics, which so far has been quite successful. The bad news is that's a little too successful for me to actually keep up with the workload on. So I'm looking for some freelance audio editors to help me out with some basic editing. Things like editing out flub takes, loud breathing between dialogue, and the elimination of clicks and pops and other artifacts that might end up on the audio. Payment would start at the rate of $70 per full hour of edited audio. I'm also looking for narrators, with a decent home recording setup, and at least some previous experience in acting. If you are interested in either of these positions, please contact me at mercswithmikes at gmail.com. Thank you for your time, and a special thanks to all the listeners who support oneofus.net and keep this wonderful site going. You make me proud to be one of us. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber-supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going, and get some terrific bonus content as well. Wow, a whole lot happened since the last episode. <laughs> Like, there's already been a, like award ceremonies that happened, had their nominees and their winners uh, since we last recorded this show. I don't know what to tell you, yeah. man. Like it's it's crazy out here. I mean, yeah, just life gets busy and things happen while we're gone. But uh, that's only one of many things we're talking about this week on Eye on the Prize. We're back, everybody. Uh, things are heating up with the race, and especially because this. Uh, I mean, the day we're recording, the Independent Film Award nominees came out, which you know, it's spirit. Funny Independent Spirit. Get the name right. Get the name right. All right. Sorry. The Independent Spirit Film. Thank you. Yeah. It's like John Mulaney said. It's how you describe a friend who died of a drug overdose at a funeral. She was such an independent spirit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, hey, it's Justin Zarian once again here on the show. I mean, it's my show, so I should be on here. But um, we also got Nathan over here who was on our Irishman review. Hi. Hey, I'm you're here replacing you're... Justin by the end of it after I whack him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Is that going to be the story about how you recounted where I, I disappeared and like, I don't know, you're going to find Justin's body somewhere? <laughs> Is it not already? <laughs> uh, well, Bradley, I don't think he's going to murder me. How you doing, buddy? No, not at all. And this is probably going to be admissible evidence anyways. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you right now, you can't get a read on Bradley. He's saying he's calm right now. But you know he's going to murder somebody. He's got, like, three bodies in the trunk. (laughs) Seeing the repressed, cynical a-hole that Brad can be sometimes, I might suspect that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But then also, as you heard there, Shaq's back. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm busy. I'm tired. School is crazy. That's why I haven't been around uh, as much. But just, like, yeah, things are crazy right now. Hey, I don't blame you, man. I totally understand. So, mm. yeah, we're, we're nearing down the end of semester, and I got, like, three giant written projects to finish by the end of it. So I'm just, oh, yeah. Like, oof. I have, yeah, about, like, two projects, like, two whole essays I got to finish on top of one that's already, like, way overdue that I'm still trying to get done. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what it is. And uh, also, just yeah. some personal news, too. I mean, I know I've talked to you guys about some projects I've been working on behind the scenes for, like, actually getting stuff produced. Mm-hmm. Uh Things might be on track for that coming up this next week. You'll, I'll tell you more later off mic. So sweet. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. If he makes it to the next week. <laughs> Please don't kill me before we finish this show. I swear. <laughs> I got a lot to live for, man. Please look into your heart. <laughs> you're just gonna hear Justin's voice just get cut off, and you're gonna know what happened. No, Justin, you got to get him first. Anyway, okay. I'm already one arm down. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do with one it. hand? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyways, um, we were talking about some stuff. So it's been interesting because, actually, like I said, a lot's been going on. Like, currently, the AFI Film Festival is still happening. I mean, we're not going to hear the winners for that for, I think, another few weeks. But we actually got some premieres of a couple high-profile films that nobody's really been talking about because nobody knows what to expect from them. Uh, but one of which was Queen and Slim. Now, 
I mean, you guys have all heard about this one, right? Yeah, of course. I'm excited for it. It's like oh, one of yeah. the few movies I haven't seen this year that I'm like super, super looking forward to. Well, I bet you'll be looking forward to it even more now because on the whole, it's getting really, really good response uh, from the people who've seen it at the FI. Like, it seems to be that there's kind of a range of people who really, really love it and people are like, it's good. But, I mean, it seems like oh, oh, overall people are like, yeah, this is... It's one of those things where I'm thinking, like, is it going to be a serious Oscar contender based on this kind of stuff? Because I don't see the glowing praise, but I see lots and lots of praise for it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't know how I feel. Again, I haven't seen it. So I gotta wait until like I see and like get my own takes on it, but I'm I'm happy and relieved that it's been getting positive word of mouth so far from the early takes. Yeah, no, I mean I think out of uh, 13 reviews, it's currently at 100% positive Rotten Tomatoes, which again, Rotten Tomatoes isn't the end all, but that's still a good sign. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, then the other big film, which actually made its premiere at AFY officially too, is Richard Jewell, Clint Eastwood's movie, and on the whole, it's kind of giving a similar situation where it's like. Most people like it. A few people love it, but most people like it. It's good kind of thing. So, I mean... 60% Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, uh, well, actually, it's on 89 right now out of nine reviews, so... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, again, this is... When I say Rotten Tomatoes stuff, I always take that with a grain of salt because it aggregates only what is counted as positive because a 6 out of 10 is still positive for reviews. Yeah. Yeah, but so far, this one's getting kind of like, you know, 3 out of 5s, 4 out of 5s, you know, whatever the case might be. So, I mean... The problem with these kind of films, because they come out so late, is that unless they're, like, really great and everyone's floored by it, it's going to be an uphill battle for either of those films to get recognition, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Brad, I mean, what do you think about these two films? No, I'm happy that they're getting any recognition at all. I probably won't get to see either of them until, like, February. Unless they're huge financial successes, so... Well, because uh, Richard Jewell's coming out December 13th, at least probably it's initial release kind of thing. And, and then Queen I of think... Slim is coming out, like, next week. Yeah, well, there oh, you go. Okay. Then yeah, see it, Draft so. House is already playing it. So, oh, or okay. Wait, no, actually, it's playing it in a couple of days. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of other big releases coming out just for people to be aware of. Uh, the Two Popes is coming out next week, too, uh, along with Irishman for its wide release on Netflix. So, Woo! yeah, I'm excited. I think... I want to say Marriage Story is starting to roll out within the next week or two as well on uh, theatrical release before its Netflix debut, which, why is there such it a... It is. Yeah, because that's the thing, like, why is there a huge gap between that and its Netflix release? Because, like, I think in theaters it's coming out in a matter of weeks, but then uh, for Netflix it's coming out, like, mid to late December, so... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, that's just fun, a little catch-up for those things, because I think the only film left that nobody's actually seen but is hyping for Oscars is 1917. Is there any other ones that are missing on that radar, or...? Um, not that I can think of outside of Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but a lot of people, I mean, including Shaq, have seen that one, so. Yeah. Oh, fuck, you've already seen that, Shaq? You played a tip, dude. It's, uh, uh, how was it? It's a lot. It's good. Like, it's good. <laughs> but it's a lot. <laughs> Would yeah, you say it, it's a good time? Uh, <laughs> uh, I knew you were coming with that. God damn. Which, like, it uh, is. We, will, we will talk about Uncut Gems on this show because there's actually some big news about that one. So. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Now, um, but just to start off, we're covering a few of the other minor award categories. And this is, again, kind of the idea where we see these little uh, awards come out to see who will be big players in certain categories. Like this first one here, I mean, nobody really cares, quote, quote, outside of makeup and artists who wins the makeup and hairstyling uh, categories for this stuff. But. Their official guild put out their nominees, and there's quite a few contenders out this year. I mean, and most of these ones are probably ones you probably would expect. And the, the problem is, too, is that they divide them up between certain genres and certain types of makeup effects. Mm-hmm. So when you think of an overall makeup and hairstyling nominee, like we see at the Oscars, it's kind of, it could be really between any of these kind of films. Like what? Um, for contemporary makeup stuff, they had stuff like Endgame on there, which, why is that contemporary and not like sci-fi or special effects makeup? I don't know. Real hair. Do they, <laughs> yeah. do they have it as like sci-fi stuff or because like from what I understand, wouldn't it usually be just be like modern and then like a period piece type thing? Well, here's the categories they got here. So they got best contemporary makeup, best period and or character makeup, uh, best special makeup effects, best contemporary hairstyling, and then best period or character hairstyling and best contemporary makeup. See, yeah. There's, so there's nothing that explicitly says sci-fi. I guess so, yeah, but I would just assume that'd be more special makeup effects rather than anything else, but, because, yeah, I mean, for what, contemporary makeup, it's an Endgame, Bombshell, Hustlers, John Wick, Parabellum, and Us, which, that's a cool little selection there. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, a, like, it's a solid list. 
if anything, like personally speaking, if there's out of these five, I would kind of give it to Bombshell just on the basis that they made Charlize Theron look so much like Megyn Kelly, it's actually scary. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that actually seems to be the strongest category Bombshell might compete for this year because it seems like that because it got nominated there for that, and then it was also nominated for special makeup effects. So kind of a combination of both categories in that case, which cool. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 scary shit. <laughs> That's what I could say. Oh yeah, because then you know among the other because like I said, there's multiple nominees for certain categories. Like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got recognized for a few. Joker got recognized for a few. Dolomite, Downton Abbey, Rocket Man. And, you know, honestly, out of those ones, it's really hard to say who's going to make it to... Because, I mean, again, of all these nominees, only three of them are going to make it to the Oscars. Which, I feel like they should expand Why three? Yeah. There's some stupid rule with the... Just like most things with the Oscars, there's stupid rules about why there's only that many contenders eligible. So... Is it only because there's, like, a few people in makeup? I was like, no. Let them get the five. Yeah. I mean, and also, makeup is a weird category because... It really varies on who wins those things, like, just based on what people are thinking about, like, what is best makeup. Because sometimes it's more subtle makeup, sometimes it's more outlandish makeup designs. Because when you think of the makeup nominees here, like, yeah, you got your, like, your Marvel stuff. Like, Captain Marvel got nominated for a bunch and that kind of stuff. But then the more subtler stuff, like, uh, what would you say, like, Hustlers. You wouldn't even think of that as a makeup contender normally. I mean, well, I would. Wearing I, to be fair, I kind of would uh, for Hustlers. I just want Hustlers and Dolomite to win all the awards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is not a whole big discussion thing, but it's just interesting to see the Makeup Guild get their own kind of recognition here. And, I mean, personally, me, I would say if I had to pick any three off the top of my head would be Joker, Rocket Man, and Bombshell would be probably my three big contenders. But does anyone else think there might be someone else who might have a chance? Or I think Dolomite's um, got a chance. I think so, too, actually, to be fair. I think so, so. too. Um, John Wick is an interesting one. Like that that one's interesting, but I don't feel like it'll go anywhere past like past this or maybe like a couple other minor makeup awards. But yeah, that's a, that's just an odd pick to me. Well, yeah. is there like a uh, shot to the head makeup award? Because there was tons of that going on. All oh, the CG blood, <laughs> or you know the gaping bullet holes and the dead face and the pale frozen in time dead forever eyes you know what i'm talking about was that all cg yeah i guess the effects to make that one that that axe go into that one guy's head was pretty impressive so (laughs) that's what i think why it has to be on there because of makeup right because of that makeup i don't know i guess so but uh moving on here we got a couple of documentary categories going on so the first one here was the was the critics choice documentary winners and the top one that won was apollo 11 from neon which is the only one I've really heard of out of these ones, so that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's the big one that everyone's touting as, like, not just a legitimately good movie, but, like, one of those, like, best-of-the-year type movies, too. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah, we've had so many Neil Armstrong films, you know, just, what, we had First Man last year, and then we had some other documentaries before that, but this one seems to be the most comprehensive from what I've heard, where they even had, like, new footage that no one's ever seen included in this film. The only other one I've heard outside of them is They Shall Not Grow Old. Which is because... great. It's a great oh, film. is it really? Oh, yeah, no, I got to see it on a uh, flight when I was going on my honeymoon to London. And uh, it's really, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, the best documentary I've ever seen, but the thing that it did with archival footage where it colorized and added audio to it is, like, revolutionary, the way they did it. So, so okay. you'd say it's the most innovative documentary? It's definitely one of the most unique. I mean, and when it says that it was, because uh, actually tied for best director of a documentary between that and American Factory from Netflix, and I can totally see that. Like a lot of what makes that movie effective is the way that Peter Jackson assembled it together. You know, as a as a narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise you're just watching like essentially old like like when you look at the history classes, you see like those old Lumiere films kind of thing. That's the type yeah. of stuff they were shooting for that movie. So he essentially just assembled those kind of like actualities. But he did it in a way that felt like a narrative going forward. And it was really, really cool. Yeah, so then, uh, but yeah, Apollo 11 took a bunch, you know, took a bunch of awards there for editing, score, and a, uh, archival documentary overall. It was, you know, it seems like that's going to be one of the major contenders this year. It's probably going to be the main one. Of, from from the looks of it, from like, this is just like an early shot in the dark, but I think this might be the one to beat, I guess. I think so, because then you got the Producers Guild nominees for uh, for documentary, and the one, the, the let's see, seven they picked here were, well, ones that were nominated for some of the other documentary categories uh, from the prior episodes. It was Advocate, American Factory, Apollo 11, 
the cave for Sama, Honeyland, and then One Child Nation. Oh, right. I forgot we had yeah. talked about One Child Nation a while ago. Like, yeah, I think it was, like we might have talked about it on the, like a Breakfast Pub episode. Because that whole thing. Yeah, because that's the one with China, the, right? Yeah, the one yeah, about the, one the, uh, uh, the policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you're just like, man, that must have been so hard. But yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, it's really, really good. Although it's definitely going to, you know, cause some knee-jerk reactions just by the political nature of it, too. So, mm-hmm. but then, uh, yeah, American Factory is that big one on Netflix about the uh, Chinese uh, co-production of a GM factory, I think, which is pretty cool. Um, okay. And then, yeah, most of these are all very, like, topical ones. Like, Advocate's all about, uh, I believe, an Israeli lo- lawyer who was doing this. I mean, a bunch of these are forgetting, but they were from previous weeks that I talked about in the uh, uh, for the award show stuff. And it sounds like we have a good idea. Oh, and Honeyland is all about um, uh, bee preservation. So Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, it seems like a good little... We're starting to get a good idea of who are the major competitors. Now, it all depends if they can make it onto the short list, which, again, Oscar politics and BS, sometimes the best films don't actually make it to the short list for those ones. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, a couple other contenders for music categories here. Uh, first of all, we had the Grammy nominations come out recently, which... I mean, I don't follow the Grammys overall. Cause, they suck you know, as I'm, usual. That's all I can say. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're more more equipped to tell us about that. So. Yeah, I mean, like, they're, like usually you're not going to be happy about, like, what gets on there. But honestly, it's honestly not even worth giving a shit about. Fair enough, fair wow. enough. But the only at thing least, I... Like oh, the sorry. major ones, at least. Yeah, the only ones I care about in the case of this is that they did actually have the nominees for... Uh, best song written for visual media and best score written for visual media. Now the problem, though, is that because of the deadlines for the Grammys, because uh, I think it's like September thirtieth is the deadline for this year, right? That's when they can. Yeah, uh, it's a hard. Like usually, every year their hard deadline is like the end of September. Okay, because the ones that are for best score soundtrack for visual media, like you know, two of them are from previous years as such. Um, I think. Let's see. Yeah, so we had... Okay, I'll just read them off and make it easier. So we had uh, Avengers Endgame, which is the only major one I think could actually contend this year at the Oscars of these five. But then Portals alone, honestly. Oh, that yeah. Track. And then uh, Chernobyl, which, you know, already won the Emmy for that music category, so that won't count anyways. And Game of Thrones Season 8, which also won the Emmy this year. Um, and then the Lion King soundtrack from Hans Zimmer, which... I highly doubt it'll be eligible just because it's like, well, it's just the same music he did from before. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mary Poppins Returns, which was nominated last year. So that doesn't really chills Jack, except do you think that Avengers Endgame could actually compete for music? Because the music's really, really good in that movie. Oh, I yeah. I mean, like, Marvel has never been one for, like, a memorable score for the most part. But, like, Avengers is, like, the one that consistently they knock out of the park. So I think especially with, like, how grand this one, like, Endgame was, that I think for just, like, a popularity thing, like, Marvel's going to push for any award nomination that they can get for Endgame. So this might definitely oh, yeah. be one of the ones that they can get, maybe the most likely one out of, like, this or, like, special effects. Yeah, and then Alex Silvestri uh, is a legacy pick, too, because, you know, he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would just be fair to say, like, hey, you know, this guy who put in a lot of work and created one of the few recognizable music themes from a Marvel movie, you know? Well, yeah, and as far be... as cinema... Oh. No, you go you... ahead. You beat me to it. Go on. All right. <laughs> as far as, like, cinematic moments, the, the portal scene, all of that is nothing without that score. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but Bradley, what did you say? Well, I know that the Avengers theme is the most popular one and easily the most recognizable. That's true. But in Endgame, there's actually a lot of blending of Cap's theme with that. There's a lot of blending of Tony's theme, which is a lot of different themes throughout all his movies. Uh, (laughs) But it it all comes together in a culmination of an epic comic book Marvel event, if you know the music. Not that I'm an expert on it. But I I really think and hope that it at least pulls out a nomination. Yeah, I would like to see that. I mean, a lot of these scores are ten years in the making, is what I'm getting at. So, oh, indeed, yeah. and I mean, we already got one uh, Oscar-winning score with Black Panther last year too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I forgot that won the Oscar. It was a great score. I love Ludwig. Yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about his Mandalorian score so far, but I mean, he has a certain style that's very distinguishably Ludwig. You know. Oh, he's doing the Lu- uh, the uh, Mandalorian score. Uh, uh, how can you not tell? <laughs> I, I haven't watched it yet. I'm still waiting ah, to uh, build up a couple episodes. 
Yeah. No, I mean, like to binge. <clears throat> but then yeah. also the uh, best song written for visual media. Now, three of these songs are not eligible because they competed last year, which is um, Girl in the Movies from Dumplin', which, I mean, did anyone ever see Dumplin'? I don't even know what Dumplin' yeah, is. I remember the song. Dumplin'. I heard it was cute from my mom. Yeah, I heard that people who saw it liked it for being adorable. It was that one movie with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Dolly Parton in it from Netflix, which, what a, what a combination. Oh, for Netflix, um, that's why. Yeah. Was but that then, last year? Yeah, it was last year. It was, yeah. But then oh. also the song I'll Never Love Again from A Star Wars Born, which is not the winning song from that, because that was the other one everyone loved. That's kind of a <laughs> terrible song, isn't I'll it? I'll Never Love no, Again a- is like... Honestly, it might be. I think it's a better song. Yeah, I like that song a lot. So, but in the it's movie, it's song. I don't know. It's so depressing. Not well, as in yeah, because it, it's a depressing movie. <laughs> yeah. I just think you know she should probably love again. That's all I'm saying. Well, and then also the <laughs> other one that's not eligible is Suspirium because that also uh, submit was submitted last year from the movie Suspiria. So right, and that was a good that was a good song too. I like Tom York stuff. So yeah. yeah. So then the other two movies that are I mean the other two songs that are eligible this year is Spirit, the song from uh, The Lion King, the new version, which... Okay. <laughs> Does anyone know how it's that song goes? It's the one new song, and it's just kind of whatever. Oh, it's a new song. Yeah, no, yeah, that wasn't in the It's a new song she cre- that she made for, like, the new movie. And that's, like, the only new one, yeah, for the soundtrack, and it's it's not great. Yeah, I love I Beyonce, mean, but it's not great. Yeah. I still have not seen the new Lion King. I'm, no, uh, me neither. Cautiously optimistic, I guess. Are you? It's not good. <laughs> no. I know. I keep hearing that, but I'm not a huge fan of the original Lion King, oh, which no. I know blasts Again, not better. It's really not liked, better in any way. Yeah. I think that movie's <laughs> communist. <laughs> Don't start that old conspiracy theory again. Uh, but then the other song that is eligible, which... Again, I've not seen Toy Story 4 yet, but apparently there's a new Randy Newman song from there, The Ballad of the Lonesome Cowboy. Has anyone heard this one? I don't know how you I don't know how you not assume that there's a not a new Randy Newman song with a Toy Story movie. You kind of have to. And even then, I don't remember it, honestly. I like Toy Story 4. Yeah. I just don't remember that song. Yeah, no, I cuz every Randy Newman song sounds exactly the same. You know, that's the thing. It's like his songs all that. blend together, but I mean, He's actually going to be a major contender for original score this year because his score for Marriage Story, just from the little bits I've heard from the clips, are is amazing. So, oh, wow. wait, he did the score for Marriage got Story. Marriage in me. Yeah, he wrote the score for Marriage Story. So, got cool. two people in love. Now they're gonna get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> gonna get a divorce. Eat my pudding all alone. Hope that my child calls me on the phone. Marriage Story. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody stays married forever. <laughs> that is perfect. That is perfect. I like that. You gotta workshop that. Hey, All there right. we go. <laughs> some skills. some worth. Very it's like good. An animated too. marriage story made by Pixar. <laughs> Pixar's married. <laughs> Uh, but then moving on from there, we have one more major uh, music uh, category that's right here is the Hollywood Music and Media Awards. Now, again, this is a huge one with a ton of subcategories, but the big one here is the Feature Film Contenders, which, again, this is one of those ones where not only did they announce the nominees, but just yesterday they announced the winners for this one, too. <laughs> oh, shit, that was fast. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, seriously, like, within a matter of weeks, they announced the nominees and then the winners were announced, so... The ones that were nominated were Ford v. Ferrari, uh, which was Marco Beltrami, who has done so many good scores. Like, he did... Uh, he actually did the original score for Scream back in the day, in 1995. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, but he also did Hurt Locker, uh, 310 to Yuma, Logan, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, did he wow. do How to Train Your Dragon, or is that somebody else? No, that's that uh, also John Powell. Zimmer. Oh, John Powell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we also had the Harriet score from Terrence Blanchard, who did Black Klansman last year. Ooh, I yeah. love Terrence Blanchard. Yeah, I really liked that score a lot. Oh, did you? Okay, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've not heard any bit from the Harriet score yet, so I don't really know. I still need to see Harriet. I'm a huge Casey Lemons fan. Oh yeah, I finally saw Ease by You for the first time that she did too. Oh, so. it's so Ooh. fantastic. So depressing too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, but then um, <laughs> let's see. Also, Joker from Hildur Gwandonta Theater. I think that. God. 
I just heard it pronounced too, and I Guanadotia. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Guanadotia, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, which she's becoming really prolific lately because she did that Chernobyl and a couple other scores this year. That wow. was a great score. Yeah. Um, then Jojo Rabbits from Michael Giacchino. So which Giacchino. Is, yeah. Again, I told you how much I butchered. You be fucking up the names all the goddamn time, Justin. <laughs> I need to go to a speech therapist or something. I don't know. <laughs> Again. But anyways. Anything anything that's not like a Michael Jones, you're just going to go like, nope, can't do it right. <laughs> I got you. I got you, though. Hannes? Michael Hannes? Anyways, uh, we also got the score from The King from Nicholas Bertel, which I kind of hated that score, so I don't know why it got nominated. <laughs> do you remember that, Bradley? Is we it not that good? like... Well, the problem is... No, it's um, fine. It works for the movie. Well, that's the problem, though, is that it works for the movie because there's, like, literally four notes he plays the entire time in that thing. It's just a, a long string of blahs and well, blahs throughout it. In a lot of Shakespeare storytelling, though, isn't it the notes you don't play that are the loudest? No. <laughs> 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 but then all, also we got um, a Little Women score from Alessandro Desplat. Which, that's cool. I mean, that dude gets nominated yeah. every year, or at least close to it at this point, so. Actually, um, yeah. Looking forward to that movie. Yeah, then uh, Marriage Story uh, for Mandy Newman, like I said, I think he's actually going to be one of the big contenders this year. Cool. Um, Motherless Brooklyn from Daniel Pemberton, who also did uh, Dark Crystal this year, the uh, the TV series. Okay. He also did Spider-Verse, if I'm not wrong. Yes, he did. So oh, yeah, he, really he's coming up there. He's one of my new favorite composers. Yeah, and I think yeah. he did Paddington, the, uh, both the Paddington movies too. Oh, oh yeah, cool. he did. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then uh, Pain and Glory from Alberto Inglesi- uh, Inglesias, which he also did the score for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which he got nominated for. So mm-hmm. then um, Parasite actually got nominated. Uh, I, I'm, okay, again, my pronunciation stuff. I'm just not going to pronounce his name. I don't even know how to say that one. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it says Jong Jali Jail 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 Yeah I don't have it in front of me so I can't help you with this one Yeah let's just say Jung Jail <laughs> There we go Um, But then also the guy who did the score for Uncut Gems Which uh, what's the name of What's his artist name Because I know it's Daniel Lopatin here but Don't know Oh um, uh, one, one Tricks Point Never isn't it Yes Yeah Yeah yeah, yeah. There we go There we go So nice. yeah those are the major ones And now I can tell you who won because who do you think won from this one? Personally, if you had to pick of those ten, who do you think is the winner for this one? Well, I'm actually looking uh, well, at the I have the winners website, in front of me, so. so I can't like I can't even jokingly yeah. guess. Okay, Nathan, have you actually looked at the winners yet? I've I've only I've not looked at the winners. I have only seen three of the movies, and if I were to pick out of the three that I've seen, probably Joker, but I'm doubting it won. You are right and wrong, because there was a tie this year. (laughs) Yeah, because Joker won, and then 4v Ferrari won for Marco Botrami. So, do you think that Joker could get more than a couple Oscar nominations this year? Oh, definitely. It's going to, and I think that'll be one of the favorites, maybe. Um, Yeah, because actually... If there's anything Joker will get nominated for, at least like for my, I think, from like the end of this... It'll probably get a Best Picture nomination just out of principle. It'll get a Best Actor nom for sure. And I think score will probably yeah. also get in that. And also production design. But if we're talking strictly though. music, I can see it get. I can see Joker going far into like the Oscar race. Yeah, because, I mean, Hildur Theater uh, is actually, you know, like we said, she's kind of up and coming. She's a notable female composer. And she does really great music. So... Like, that's one of the things I really liked about Joker. I mean, which, you know, I was a fan of Joker overall, but the music was really, really good throughout it, so. Oh, yeah, yeah that Joker theme was fantastic. Oh, yeah. So I can't wait to see how that turns out. But, uh, yeah, I think we at least see two potential nominees there from those two movies. I can't wait. Now, the big thing this, you know, that we're going to talk about this episode is that we got the Independent Spirit Award nominations. There we go. <laughs> good. You got it right so, the second time, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so there were nineteen categories announced. Which, <laughs> there were nineteen categories announced, which I will not read through every single one. But I will say, of the films that were nominated, the two most nominated films this year were The Lighthouse and Uncut Gems. Dude, Yay! A twenty four must be happy as fuck right now. 
<laughs> oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, because let's see. So let's just do a quick run-through of some of the major categories here. So, let's see. Skipping past... There's a lot of these minor ones, like the Someone to Watch Award, or the Truer Than Fiction Award, which I'm like, okay, I guess it matters to somebody. But, um... Uh, let's see. So, documentary, funny enough, uh, like we said, Apollo 11 was also nominated there, along with Fursama, Honeyland, American Factory, and The Island of Hungry Ghosts, which is, I guess, is a film that came out. <laughs> that sounds like it's a probably Scooby-Doo episode. Island, huh? yeah. mm-hmm. I guess so. Um, let's see. For international film, among them was Invisible Life, Les Miserables, which is not the musical, but the other French film that's about social class struggles. So... Uh, Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Tableau, and The Souvenir, which most of those ones I've heard really good things about. And Parasite is, so far, my current favorite film of the year. So it's, do- it's dominating everything. So, like, it's the pa- it's the 2019 Parasite Awards. So just give it to that. I know, yeah, right? Parasite is the front runner for pretty much everything it can be eligible to be nominated for. Yeah, I, I pity whoever is b- uh, bold enough to try and contend against it for the International Feature Oscar, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Then also, let's see. So, Best Editing. Uh, I can't believe this freaking film got nominated here. Sort of Trust. Do you remember? Did I see that one with you, Brad? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, like... What the, is Sort of Trust? Sort of Trust is that film with Mark Maron and Jillian Bell. It was this little indie comedy where it's all about... Um, I think it was done by one of the Duplass brothers. Um, oh. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like it's all it's apparently almost entirely improvised about these two people who find a Confederate sword that was inherited from a will and they try to sell it to these dumb Nazi redneck hillbillies kind of thing. Oh, so it's a mumble. It's a mumblecore. Oh yeah, it's oh, very, yeah. It, very mumblecore. Really mumbly, but the ending was very much a mumblecore film. I thought it almost was a masterpiece until the third act and then it just got kind of all right then here we are it got really dumb. thoughts on no country for i mean the men. duplasses are indie like the, the, indie the duplasses are basically indie royalty right so i don't yeah. i'm not surprised that they're on here yeah but then among the other ones the third wife which i've never heard of give me liberty which i also never heard of but then the other two are the lighthouse and uncut gems which probably might go to one of those two because i mean the editing was really good in both of them so yeah and then let's see uh best cinematography was between hustlers honey boy midsommar wow that's amazing uh the third wife and the lighthouse (laughs) wow yeah i'm not not even particularly surprised about midsummer like oh like yeah. from the, what everything I've seen, it has like it looks really, really good. Oh, that's one of the best things about it is how it looks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the cinematography is fantastic all throughout Midsummer. Yeah, I, I just, have my qualms like, with the movie itself, but yeah, same here. Like I haven't even seen the movie, but this is one edit that's so cool to me. Like I think it's like one where like Florence Pugh is like walking and leaving a room, but it cuts to her immediately inside an airplane bathroom. And yes. I was like, that's the sickest transition I've ever seen. Yeah, that was one of the best shots that's in the whole fantastic. movie. So. Everything looks so alive in Midsummer. <laughs> if only the movie itself is more alive. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. You know what that reminds me of? There's this, okay. It's, this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but in, I believe, Saw 4, there's a whole thing with, like, this woman who attacks, like, the main Very cop, strange. right? And <laughs> so, But there's a point where, like, the woman is attacking, like, the main guy. And... What he does to, like, stop her is, like, he throws her through a mirror. And as, they like, the camera, like, goes into this mirror, it cuts immediately into, like, the police station where a completely other subplot is happening. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is a really impressive transition. And it felt like that. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) Dude, it's it's so... It's the most weirdly cool transition in a shitty movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, also we got Best Screenplay nominees, which is uh, Clemency, To Dust, High Flying Bird, which I kind of was surprised by, uh, but then Marriage Story and Uncut Gems as well. I'm glad to see High Flying Bird on there. That's a movie I kind of forgot about, but generally very enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad film. It's a pretty good film. I just, I never thought it was great, but it is getting this weird, like, indie love from a bunch of other categories. Is that the one where basketball players shouldn't need agents, man? They should represent themselves. 
That's the one. Pretty much. That's a horrible idea for because a lot of these <laughs> people are kids. Like, is is that not a part of the movie? I, I have to see it. There's there's some weird messages in that one, but it's overall a good just you know drama on the whole. You know, just a good like sports drama. But anyways, let's see. Best supporting male. Let's uh, we got Noah Jupe for Honey Boy and Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy. Jonathan, Ma- yeah, Jonathan Majors for the Last Black Man in San Francisco, which actually got quite oh, a bit wow. of representation this year. So. Yeah, that's He's cool. So good in and it. And then uh, Wendell Pierce for Burning Cane, and then Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse. What's Burning Cane? I have no idea. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> it's always that one movie you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is. There's a bunch of those in the Indie Spirit Awards where I'm just like, I I don't know anybody who have seen this movie. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but um, hey. But honestly, I'm shocked that both Noah and Sh- and Shia are going for Best Supporting Actor. I would assume that Noah would go for me. Yeah, he's the lead actor in this, like, isn't he? He's the he's in most of the movie. Yeah, I, I How guess. was Honey Boy Shack? Really good. Nice. It's really cathartic, and you're just like this. I feel like this is a little bit too personal, and some of it I relate to way too much. But it's really good. Yeah, yeah I really want to see that one. If Shia LaBeouf but gets like, nominated no. for playing his own father at the Oscars, I'm going to be very impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But honestly, the main one I'm excited for is Jonathan Majors because he's so good in Last Black Man in San Francisco that I I would hope that he gets a nomination. Like, I don't know if he will or if that movie will just not get snubbed entirely, but, like, that he is absolutely one of the biggest parts of that movie. Yeah, I know. I still need to see this movie because I've heard nothing but just glowing praise for it on the whole. Same. I really he, need to he see ha- that. He has a whole sequence where, like, he's... Like, his character, he's, like, writing a play. And, like, he's doing that for, like, most of the movie. And he's, like, writing little things from, like, things he sees. And, like, okay, where where the hell is this going? And then it's not even the end. But, like, you see the play. And you're just like, oh. Oh, fuck. This is real now. Wow. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so that's awesome. But then also I'm just super happy for Willem Dafoe. Because, honestly, in The Lighthouse, he is, like, the dominating force throughout the entirety of that movie. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he yeah, honestly he might be the front runner for best supporting actor at this point. I think so too. Yeah, him, yeah. Pesci, or Pacino. But I really am rooting for Willem. Oh, that'd be crazy! Pacino and Defoe I mean, competing. You should have won it for Florida Project, but that's just oh, me. Yeah. Oh, I know. I agree uh, with you completely. I hated the Florida show. Project, but well, I did love him. It, but that was an I'm not. I'm not crazy about it, but he's the best part. With, by like a country mile. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. But then uh, let's see. Moving on to best supporting female performance, we got Taylor Russell from Waves, which awesome. Uh, Zhao Shuzhen for uh, The Farewell. Uh, yes. Lauren Lolo Spencer for Give Me Liberty. Octavia Spencer for Loose, and Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. Which, wow, I think we might actually see Oscar nominee Jennifer Lopez in our near future. Oh, she's full on the front runner. I want. I'm gonna call this now. I oh, haven't heard anybody talk bad about this performance. Yeah, I, everyone is like, no, that she do- like as yeah. The thing was saying about like a dominating force in the lighthouse. She dominates the fuck out of hustlers. Wow. Oh yeah, like like the moment she comes on screen, she has a presence that you're like, I will follow you to the end of the earth, <laughs> even though you're doing this <laughs> terrible shit. That being said, like as much as praise that we're giving, like J Lo. I'm so happy that Xiao Suzanne is uh, getting nominated for Farewell because Nai Nai, she's like the most adorable grandmother and I'm like, oh, I, I love her and plus I appreciate the fact that she's actually like, she came to America to like campaign for it. Aww. Like she's really oh, going wow. hard Aww. for it. I think she should. Like, everyone I've heard is. She should. She's so good. She, and I'm pretty sure she's not like a professional actor, as far as I know. Not that I know of either. Yeah, um, but I'm also happy to see Taylor Russell, who I think is fairly new to the scene too, as well, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And like, isn't this like maybe the only major thing Waves is nominated for, which at least in this, like in the independent spirit, which is a shame. And I hope that's not like a sign of things to come. But like, she is really, really good. Yeah, no, I think this was the only representation it got. But I mean, there's a slight undercurrent, <laughs> undercurrent, you know, waves. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, they're, uh-huh. they're trying to push for her to be and a few other people for waves, which may or may not happen, but we'll see. So I mean, she single-handedly carries the entire second half of the movie. Wow! Wow! Awesome. Um. Yeah. So then, moving from there, we got male lead. We got Chris Galust from Gimme Liberty. Uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. from Loose, 
Robert Pattinson from The Lighthouse, Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems, and Matthias Schoenarts from The Mustang. Which, again, I haven't seen half of these movies, but man, Adam Sandler getting serious awards recognition for his performances. That's kind of awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's He's getting that Oscar nom. Well, he's always had it in him. I think we all can agree with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of big contenders this year for Best Actors, so it could be possible, but there's, it's really going to be a very tight competition for that one. And, I mean, Robert I Pattinson was, uh, is really good, too. So Yeah, Robert Pattinson, I thought, was honestly controversial opinion. I thought he had the best performance out of the White House. I really liked Defoe. I thought Defoe was fantastic. But I felt like every time Robert Pattinson was brought up to bat against Willem Dafoe, I thought he fucking brought his A game. I, you know, they both brought their A games, which is pretty cool of them. Like, I think Robert Pattinson is a good, like, he has to carry a lot of the big emotional scenes, but Willem Dafoe has, like, almost all the most quotable lines in the movie. So, oh, Dafoe uh, has a yeah. be- better, bigger monologues than Pattinson, at least. I mean, that whole cooking mon- I mean, monologue alone is a big thing. That might be Dafoe. my favorite scene of the year that I've seen. I love that scene <laughs> oh, yeah. so much. But it does also, that scene works especially because of Robert Pattinson's last line they're just like, yeah. okay, I like your cooking. <laughs> great, great screen chemistry, both of them, yeah. 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 And you know, I know we just mentioned like Waves not getting that much of, and I think because Kelvin might be more, like at least if they're campaigning for Kelvin Harrison Jr., they might do more for Luce because I think he might have like more to do. I mean, like he has a lot to do in Waves because it's like the first half is really his movie, but I think he delivers more nuance possibly in his performance in Loose than he would in Waves. Yeah, we, so they heard... might be pushing for that more. But like, testament to him because he's an incredible actor. Yeah, which I haven't seen Loose. So uh, have, have you seen that one, Chad? I haven't seen Loose, but the stuff I've seen, I did think like, oh, this is really compelling, and I've heard nothing but great things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, moving on to female lead here, we got Karen Allen for Colwell. Hong Chow for Driveways, which I've never heard of before, but, but um, Elizabeth Moss for Her Smell, Mary Kay Place for Diane, which I'm so happy about because I feel like I'm like three peop- one of three people who saw this movie, and it's great. Um, Alfie Woodard for Clemency, and Renee Zellweger for Judy, which seems to be the only thing people liked in Judy, from what I've heard. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Remember, I think we had talked about this either on TIFF or in the last episode that I was on for Eye on the Prize. But I'm glad that Clemency is getting some recognition. Yeah, I don't think we talked about Clemency on the TIFF podcast, so. Probably not. The thing is, because it was one of those ones I wanted to see, but just never got the chance to. And also, from what I heard, everyone was like, it's really good, but fuck, it's depressing. (laughs) Well, I mean, because I forget, what's the one that movie about? That's the... It's the one about, like, uh, she plays a judge who decides, like, a lot of death row executions. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because the only major thing I heard was that Alfred Woodard is really, really good in it, so... Yeah, because, again, her movie, and it's just, like, her kind of dealing with the kind of morality of the whole thing, from what I understand. Because mm, she's been doing it for a long time, but, like, something happens. From what I understand, there's, like, a botched execution, and it goes all horribly wrong. Ooh. But it kind of weighs on her, and Oof. shit like that, from what I understand. Okay. No, I'm, I'm really curious to see this one, if it's ever playing anywhere near me, so... I um, just can't believe Karen Allen's on there. I haven't seen Colwell. It's just that's a name I'm really glad to see on there. Yeah, I haven't heard from her in a while, so. Yeah. Yeah. And Hong Chow is still around. Like, it's one of those weird things where it felt like they really tried to push Hong Chow, like, maybe a year or so ago, and it never really took off, but she's still popping up and everything. Like, even, um, she's in Watchmen right now, too, on HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is Hong Chow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, it's nice to see, you know. It's nice to see a good diversity of actors being represented in this stuff, too. And again, I can't... I will say, Aquafina got snubbed, and that's a weird oh, thing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, like, I mean, that's one of the few that people are saying, like, of everything in Farewell, Aquafina's like, almost a lock for a best actress, so... It's odd, but again, hope is not a side to things to come, because she deserves that nod. Oh, I agree. Um, then we got Best Director here, which mostly is not surprising. You got... Julius Ona for Loose, Robert Eggers for The Lighthouse, Alma Harrell for Honey Boy, Benny Safdie and Josh Safdie for Uncut Gems, and then Lorraine Scafaria for uh, Hustlers. I'm so um, glad to see I like this. Scafaria. I like this list a lot. Yeah, no, that's a pretty solid list of indie contenders. So, I will say also with with Honey Boy, I only found out like after the fact that like it's Alma's first feature. And it's so incredible. It's so strangely impressive as a first feature 
that I'm like, man, I like I'm super excited for whatever she does next. Um, Robert Eggers is weird as like he's a weird man, <laughs> considering both his movies. But he's great. At least the Lighthouse is really great. Um, the Safties are the Safties. Like their style is a love it or hate it thing, and it works really well as they usually do. Lorraine Scafaria, also an incredible job. Like if anything, I hope this is the point where like this year more female directors get onto that list. Yeah, because we got two because on this list here. They so. showed out this yeah, year. Oh, I, mean, I agree. I think the problem is, is we're having a lot of major contenders in the best director category for the Oscars, too, and also from a lot of diverse ones, because, again, I'm the guy who's trying to push for uh, Bong Joon-ho to get nominated for Parasite for Best Director. So. As he oh, should. I'm a thousand percent for that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, it, but again, yeah, I can't wait to see, because I think half of these movies I haven't seen yet, so I can't wait to do uh, to check that out. But have I, you seen Hustlers, uh, Justin? I have not, unfortunately. It's, okay, you know what? I've only seen one of these movies. Then now I think about it. <laughs> it's, it very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Lighthouse. I'm still also impressed about the fact that it's it costs less than four million dollars and it looks as good as it does. I'm just impressed by that. You know, uh, I mean, it's like two dudes in like a shitty looking shanty. <laughs> For the most part, and one and one so lady like, shows up. I don't up blame her. it for being cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Then we also got a little notable thing here for best first feature, which most of these ones you probably haven't heard of, but we got like Booksmart, which was quite a big hit this year. So, which I'm amazed at how little it got represented anywhere else in this category on uh, this list. I don't know. Um. But the also I'm got, amazed, but not honestly, surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm not crazy about Booksmart, so I, I'm I get it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we also got The Climb, which I've never heard of. Uh, Diane, again, love that movie. Uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco, which, that was a first feature? Wow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's so, again, another one of those cases where you're like, holy shit, how is this a first feature? Wow. Yeah, people talk about it like it's somebody's magnum opus, so. <laughs> yeah, really and crazy. then, like, the same way I, the, like, I put it in the same way that, like, I won't put it, at, it like, I don't think it's as good, but maybe slightly less than, like, something like Moonlight, where it feels so sensitive and personal, but it isn't. Hmm. But, like, if, at the same time, it feels very universal. Like, if it, if it, the best way I could put it is if if you took, like, Spike Lee's love for, like, New York City, switched uh-huh. it to San Francisco, and made it with, like, the sensitive, sensitivity of something like Barry Jenkins would do. Okay. That's how Ooh. I would put Last Black Man in San Francisco. That's quite I'm a... excited to see that. Yeah, that's quite a promotion for that film. So, and then also, uh, The Mustang and See You Yesterday got nominated for that category, which... I, I've heard good. Which one was the Mustang? That's the that one. Because um, I mean, there's a couple films called. Well, no, there was Mustang, which was that French movie that came out a few years ago. But then the Mustang's the one with Matthias Schoenarts. Uh, I need to pull that one up because I, I remember one about the horse in the jail or something. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. Is that it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard a lot of good stuff about this movie. I just it literally played nowhere around me. So I'm like, I can't. Same. Same. Yeah. So that's cool. See you yesterday. Yeah, it it, it is the one. Yeah, I just found it because yeah, it also has Jason Mitchell and Bruce Dern. I remember Jason Mitchell and Bruce Dern from the trailer, Uh but like I didn't realize that that was the one. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that one's getting a positive reception. Yeah, and Matthias Schoenarts always seems to be attracted to these kind of roles of playing like you know conflicted characters. Because I believe he's playing a um, a uh, prisoner or an ex-con, right? Yeah, convict. Yeah, yeah. He always plays kind of dirty, scummy roles in all of his movies. So. But he's a great actor, so I've, I've seen, actually, another thing I saw him in that was really good this year was The Command, which he did, uh, that submarine film with Colin Firth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the best, best movie, but it's a solid, solidly done one that he was in. But anyway, sorry, last one here, best feature, finally, woo! And talk about a film that only got represented in this category and nowhere else, Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life was nominated here. Of course it fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... I I remember, so I went to go see, it was either for Parasite or for JoJo, they showed the trailer for this movie there, and it was really funny because a couple people next to me saw it, when they saw Terrence Malick's name came up, it's like, wow, a Terrence Malick movie with a plot, that's a first. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you know what? Another funny story. Um, I went to go see, when I went to go see Parasite again, and I watched it, uh, watched it with a friend, and they played that trailer for Hidden Life, and the second it started, I was like, this is a Terrence Malick movie. And then at the very end, yeah, the show written and directed by Terrence Malick. And my friend's like, yo, we should see that. I'm like, hell fucking no. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the way he films things. I don't know. See, because that's the thing. It's like, I actually kind of want to see this one. Just again, it's like the Terrence Malick film that actually has a story compared to his last, like, five movies. But 
apparently it's only for uh, available for press screenings here, so I'm like, and I can't get a screener. But mm-hmm. the other films that were nominated were Clemency, The Farewell, Marriage Stories, and uh, and Uncut Gems. You know, Clemency is again a surprise that it's on there, but kind of appreciated. Uh, I'm glad The Farewell also getting some attention. Uncut Same. Gems and Marriage Story, I'm not surprised, I, especially considering the indie awards. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting list. Yeah, so I mean, do you think this like any of these will help push people for Oscar consideration? Because I mean, Uncut Gems getting this much attention, I don't know if it actually will translate to Oscar credit, but it very well could. You know, I, d- I don't know about Uncut Gems. Marriage Story, I'm like almost guaranteed. Oh, that one's a log um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was based. That, one's, the that one's been a sure. log. Uh, the farewell, I don't know, but again, I hope. Well, I've got my heart set on right? the farewell. Oh, for, uh, yeah, the farewell. I think it's it, it, screenplay might be the one they're pushing. If they can't get it for best picture, but it would be really nice to see you get a best picture nomination. So, mm-hmm. I think the farewell is still the best movie I've seen all year. As much wow. as I did like Ooh, Parasite. Cool. Wow, awesome! I, I haven't seen. Again, that was one of those ones where it came out during the summer, and I just I, I was completely broke during the summer, so I couldn't go out to the theaters and see it. So, oh, you haven't seen the farewell yet? That's that's my main fear, at least concerning the uh, the farewell. Is like those movies that come like er, way earlier in the year get less attention or less memory. So it's one of those things. I'm like, just pushing. Just I'm pushing for it. Like, yo, remember yeah. this movie? Yeah. What's that called? A recency bias or something? Yes. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. And the Oscars are usually the worst case of recency bias in those kind of situations. Yeah. <laughs> show but yeah but then um is there any other points you want to make on that one because i do have one last story that's just kind of a humorous note to end on Ooh, uh not not much just i'm pulling for it yeah. that and uh lorraine scafaria for hustlers i thought that was among one of the best directed movies this year although wow. usually best directing coincides with best picture as much as i'd like it to be on there i don't think hustlers has a shot for best picture yeah, I think Hustler's only shot really is for um, uh, J-Lo in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sadly. But uh, so a couple things I just wanted to end off on. So uh, one story before that, though, is that apparently there was a whole situation where there's 159 documentaries submitted for the Oscars this year, which are like, wait, whoa, what? <laughs> kind of thing. 159? I don't even know 159 documentaries by hand. I barely know 15 documentaries <laughs> this year. <laughs> Who who keeps making these documentaries and where do they go? <laughs> but you know, I mean, good for them. Like what? What? One of my friends, they were trying to um, compete for their film that they made this year, uh, which actually won a prize over in Boston. I mean, you, you know Lorenzo, right, from the old uh, music podcast? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, his film got some recognition at a film festival, but unfortunately, they didn't qualify for the Oscar consideration this year. So, yeah, no. uh... yeah, not through my knowledge, at least. I mean, I didn't see it on the list there. But there is also a couple other things that were a little controversial. Have you heard about the films that have been disqualified from the International Feature Academy Oscar? No. Didn't Jojo Rabbit get disqualified? Well, no, so that wasn't competing for international feature, because that's an American-made film. Oh, sorry, I thought you said independent. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, well, independent, I'm sure that's probably a controversy there, too. But apparently, Austria's contender, Joy, was disqualified from competing. So, Do you know why? Yeah, I'm looking through. Like, So, I think this, and there was another film from, I believe, Nigeria that was also disqualified, because technically... There's this dumb rule about the fact that even though it's an international feature, it has to actually be in a foreign language to be considered eligible. Oh, that's and, a stupid rule. Yeah, no, that's the thing, because yeah. this film, uh, yeah, Joy, that this film, technically had, like, three major languages, and a big percentage of it is English. Because even though it has uh, Pigeon, which is a big part of it, like, that's, like, two-thirds of the movie, but because of their calculations, there's a whole thing where it's like, no, technically it's dominated by English, so therefore it's not an international feature, quote-quote. Which, that's just total BS, honestly. That's Stupid. one of those things you got to update the rules. Yeah, seriously. Because, yeah, that's the thing where it's like, okay, so according to the math, characters speaking subtitle Beanie, German, and Pigeon, which is, you know, a different uh, grammar from English, adds up to 53% of the film. So, it's just some... Right. Yeah, this is just... Did I film just... something in Georgia, but have everyone speaking Spanish and submit that to international film based on this rule? I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but then, also, that's, that's really discriminatory against certain countries where English is a dominant language, like a national language Absolutely. in a lot of places. You that's know? like Jamaica oh, sure. making a movie in Patois and saying, hey, yeah, it's not eligible for this. It's like, it still is. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's just dumb. It's a stupid rule. But then the last story that I actually wanted to joke about is, um, you know the whole thing with cats? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Always so, pushing shit off of tables. Yeah, cats. Uh, well, <laughs> there was a fear that it, because it's still, they're like literally working to the last minute to improve the visual effects for that movie, that it wasn't actually going to be able to compete for a bunch of award ceremonies. But it will now, sadly. So, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> cats for right, best picture. One of my picture. horrible predictions. Yeah, it's coming true. Tom oh. Hooper. James Corden for Best Supporting Actor. I oh, swear to God, if for Tom Best Ho- listen, Original Song. If Tom Hooper gets nominated for Best Director, I'm going to fucking punch He's him. not. But that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't know why everyone's like a big deal. Like, will Cats make it to the Golden Globes or not? It's like, who the frick cares? Oh, no. It'll definitely make it to the Golden Globes yeah, on base of being a fucking big expensive well, music. No, no, now it will. Because, yeah. again, the, the problem Absolutely. was that it was actually to the point where they were trying to uh, get it rushed for the deadline of the Golden Globes. And they actually weren't going to make it until just yesterday or uh, a day ago. They said, like, yeah, we we are going to make it to there. We're like, we'll finally get a, get a screening for it. So, <laughs> but, but still, it's like, who the frick cares about cats other than ironically going... Like, seriously, I think I know more people now who are going to see Cats, ironically, more than people actually want to see this movie. You know? I was discussing that earlier today. I think I'm going to have a hard time trying to get a ticket to see that piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) One, it's coming out on the same day as as Star Wars. And two, the thing is, Justin, you're finding more people who are finding it ironically because we're talking to film people. You're talking to theater people? They're losing their shit. Oh, sure. No, theater think, people. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Theater people are going to sell people... this shit out. Like, this is, like, I know some people yeah. are like, oh, it's going to be a big bomb because of Star Wars. Listen, Star Wars is big, but, like, at the same time, Cats is one of the longest-running musicals for a fucking reason. And sure. it's the ultimate counter-programming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so, absolutely. Like, they're, they know what the fuck they're doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and the fact that, again, there's no such thing as bad press in this case. So even though everyone's complaining about how yeah. freaky looking the visual effects are, people are still going to see it. It is a alternative to Star Wars. No matter how crazy it looks, people are going to want to see it out of pure curiosity more than anything. Well, really, yep. too, it's no more freaky than the crazy-ass costumes they had on Broadway. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Is like I, I get the reason why they did the design choices they did, because it's like, yeah, they're trying to emulate the look and feel of the Broadway production. It's just weird seeing it in motion with this, like even even the new trailer that came out this week, which was an improvement on the visual effects, kind of, but not by much, you know. You know, it's funny. The fact that they're tiny is what creeps me out. I'm not sure why. Oh, the fact that there's all the weirdly these... proportioned like furniture and everything else behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That really creeps me out. <laughs> I don't know. I think Dame Judi Dench is going to win Best Supporting Actress for it already. <laughs> I mean, she won an Oscar for te- like literally less than ten minutes of screen time. So, exactly. And Idris Elba. I think I think everybody's going to be nominated. Rebel Wilson, Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, see, that's the it's thing just the that Cats me- Awards. That's what it is. That's the thing that kills me about that trailer. It's like it's got a double whammy of people who are known for playing fat, you know, fat actors kind of thing where it's like oh you got Rebel Wilson and James Corden going look at me I'm goofy and I'm big and I fall down I'm just like okay <laughs> I'm looking at the cast right now and we got Ray Winstone in it <laughs> that that makes me laugh ah. I hope he just is Frenchy from The Departed oh and dude uh, Jason Derulo has a major role in the movie too which I'm no like, <laughs> let's not talk about this man <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about this goddamn movie no more. Okay. I'm the guy who tells you who you can't scratch, and that ain't quite a man you can't scratch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first this rambling of the year. <laughs> this is a very rambly episode, but it's just there's if just some you've fun ever things been on uh, Reddit, which obviously you guys have. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of R slash Blurst Images, the movie. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, I don't frequently read it as much. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Just look up r slash blurst images and be lost for about an hour. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I guess I mean going through all this kind of stuff, we have some ideas of certain categories and that kind of such. But I mean, do you think there's any other things I've missed or any other uh, points you guys want to make about the uh, the race this year? Because we haven't heard Nathan's thoughts since he's new to this stuff. Like, there's any major contenders you think might be eligible this year for certain categories? Uh, I think Jojo Rabbit's definitely going to take uh, the Oscars. If, if not just, it, it's either going to get snubbed to the level where it just gets best screenplay because of the subject matter, or it's going to clean up in a bigger way than we expect. 
obviously the Irishman is going to get some nominations. I don't think it's going to go as far as best director. May get best picture, but I don't think it's going to win it. Sadly, uh, I mean there are other movies this year, so I won't say too sadly. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, most of them seem to be represented by independent spirit. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've seen that uh, isn't fully represented. Uh, let me think. Um, yeah, no. I If anything, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will get the small nominations in cinematography and acting yeah that's one of those things where like people are like trying to like safely predict that one because it's like oh it's tarantino and everybody loves tarantino and everybody loves movie about hollywood but i don't know i feel like the the noise for it has died down a little bit you know oh it's died down i think significantly yeah same i think so too yeah i mean i think it still will get recognized in a couple categories but i'm like okay some of the ones they're predicting like oh margot robbie for best supporting actress i'm like look she's barely in that movie give it to somebody who actually deserves it in that case oh really they're they're considering margot robbie for that they're campaigning her but i mean honestly if you were campaigning anybody in that one like you know you mentioned jojo rabbit i think scarlett johansson might be a double nominee this year because she was oh scarlett johansson was fantastic i think uh you might get sam rockwell um, I think that one's gonna. I be a hope party. not. I really he, hope not. He does get the nominations when he plays a racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's only it's been nominated weird. once. Come on. <laughs> oh, did he get? But did he, he not get nominated for George racist. W. Bush. No. Oh, oh, oh no. Sorry. Twice. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Twice. Okay. I forgot. I, I keep forgetting well, like that I he said, was in. The twice. Algorithm fits. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I really did like Jojo Rabbit overall, but, I mean, that's one of the things where, like, Scarlett, if you want to talk about somebody who had little screen time but still made an impact, Scarlett Johansson, I mean, some of the biggest scenes in that movie were all, you know, because of her, honestly, so. Oh, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, I think that's all we got to really say for this very rambling episode, but it's nice to oh, just... Oh, I got, oh, sorry, I got go one question. Uh, do you think Eddie Murphy will get consideration for Dolomite Is My Name, or do you think it's far too stacked? I would love it, but I feel like it might be a two-stack. Yeah, like he'll yeah. definitely represent in the Golden Globes, I think, for sure, though. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. He He's a lock for best uh, actor in a musical or comedy. Oh, yeah, him and um, Taron Egerton. Like, those are two where I say it's probably two-stacked for leading actors in the Oscars, but definitely for Golden Globes, they will get recognition there, kind of thing. I and still haven't seen David. Rocket Man. Oh, Rocket Man. Musical really or comedy. Oh, sorry, what? And Matt Damon for Ford vs. Ferrari in musical or comedy. <laughs> Jeez. I will never forgive them awarding Martian best comedy. That was, <laughs> that was the worst. That was so funny when he was like, I don't want to die up here. <laughs> <laughs> Contemplating his mortality in a very somber state. Yeah, Hilarious. I've made that joke a couple times. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, well, thank you guys for coming on here with this stuff. It's always fun to talk these kind of things. Um... Anyways, uh, why don't we just do some self-promotion? Uh, Shaq, since you have the biggest stuff here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? I don't have the biggest I just have the most shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on all the social medias at Shaq Excellence. That's S-H-A-K Excellence. You can find me here on other stuff on the Screener Squad. Um, the Screener Squad, Breakfast Pub, like that type of stuff. Oh, anything on one of us. Um, also, you can find me on my other podcast, Sequels. It's Sequels with an extra E at the beginning. Um, we just put out our recent episode about Spooky Buddies, the fifth movie in the fucking Air Buddies sequel, which is in itself a spin-off of the Air Bud movies. And it's one of the worst things I've ever fucking seen, but it's one of the funniest episodes <laughs> we've ever done. Yeah, no, I, I just saw you guys posted up there. I can't wait to listen to that. That's gonna be- <laughs> it's so bad. It defies comprehension. <laughs> like, is it on the levels like Baby Geniuses level bad? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Super Babies, Baby Geniuses, two levels. Dude, out. it's legitimately one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Are you guys gonna watch Super Baby Geniuses two? Probably not Baby Geniuses two because that went out in theaters. But oh. there's like three or four more Baby Geniuses that they made that Did we. They? Can oh do. really? Yeah. Oh my god! And I'm pretty oh, sure John Boyd is in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like i well, remember seeing baby geniuses when it came out on video i barely remember that movie and i was too young to really be a tra- proper that's film first movie sucks it's awful it is a really bad movie the second one's even worse having actually seen it you you poor brave soul <laughs> well i mean something's got to give john voight the uh award for art yeah it, it is <laughs> 
there was a time when John Voight was legitimately one of the best actors working in Hollywood. You know, that's oh, that fantastic. Been, that hasn't been for a long time. I know, yeah. I know. I just remember at some point, I'm like, he was in Midnight Cowboy, he was in Coming Home, he was in some good movies at points. <laughs> there was ended with Mission Impossible, dude. <sighs> God, don't even remind me about that. I have some <laughs> thoughts on Mission Impossible. Yeah, I think the now. last good thing that he's done is Ray Donovan on uh, Showtime. So, oh yeah, yeah. So he's the last the listen, listen to these sequels that they have for baby. Listen, what they have for baby geniuses. They have baby okay, geniuses and the this. mystery of the crown jewels. Baby geniuses and the treasure of Egypt. Baby geniuses and the space baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they took it to space. And he's in all have, of like, them. A marathon episode. On sequels. Oh my gosh. I, I'm i going to try and make us watch one of these, and they're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, Nathan, can they find you anywhere else also on the internet? Uh, no, just here for now, uh, unless you uh, happen to be around Austin and feel like Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, because uh, for people who don't know, Nathan actually uh, does have chef experience. Like He is a proper chef. Yeah, not there, but uh, just in general. Yeah, yeah. And then Bradley? <laughs> I'm on the Screener Squad, Eye on the Prize, which you're listening to. And I usually, you can catch me on the Facebook page, on Twitter, at Bradley of Martin. There's no E in there. And I always shout out at um, sequels a lot. I hope you guys watch Backdraft 2 eventually. It's not I'm as go- horrible as I've it sounds. I've been wanting us to watch that because, like, it's such a weird, like, why did you make this now kind of deal? <laughs> 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 like, 16 years later. Those are the best, the inexplicable sequels like that. <laughs> I've seen it, and it's not horrible. It's a little slow. I'd really like to hear your guys' opinion on it. So I'm pushing that one. Oh, and that in Kindergarten Cop 2, I know everybody's pushing. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that have Larry I'll the just say, guy? Christmas is coming up, and I have four movies selected. And I don't, like, we're, I'm going to make us do them all. But some of them are just <laughs> like, oh, boy, this might not be great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got too many movies on our own stuff here to, to keep up with. I mean, freaking Bradley's going to make us watch all the all the freaking Christmas movies coming out this year, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to watch Night Before Christmas with a K, you guys. Yeah, that new Netflix movie, which... Like, freaking, how many Christmas movies are Netflix putting out by the end of this year? I believe it's at least seven. Oh. 37. A week. <laughs> I heard Snow was pretty good. <laughs> You know, I actually did hear that one was that bad. I mean, Bradley saw it and reviewed it, so. Which one? Yeah. Let it snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, um, you know, Klaus was actually not that bad, too, so. Oh, I still got to see that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to say it was a Christmas classic, but in terms of Christmas movie coming out this time of year, it's, you probably could see a lot worse, to be fair. It's nice yeah, to see something that looks hand-drawn. Yeah. No, but then, yeah, again, you guys can find me here. You can find me on Breakfast Pub, Screener Squad. I mean, we freaking put out, like... On Screen Squad alone, we put out five reviews this week, I think, and then for uh, Highly Suspect review, we put they put out another five or six as well. So you will not be want for content uh, before the, the Thanksgiving break. <laughs> Let's just say that. But yeah, uh, I think that's about everything. So we will come back with another episode whenever we feel like doing it. I mean, we, there's going to be a lot more big shows coming up in the next few weeks. So you, you'll, you'll hear us sooner than later, I'm sure, for this stuff. So until then, see you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya.